Hey, beautiful friends. Welcome to the Savor Podcast. We're so excited for you to join us today as we dive into the goodness of God together. Our hope is for you to be encouraged, challenged, and entertained as you listen to hosts Stacy and Suzanne, along with special guests as they have honest and real conversations about how to savor God's Word as they grow in their relationship with Christ. We hope you'll encourage a friend or two to listen with you so you can keep the conversations going. We're all about community here. Hey friends, it is Suzanne and Stacy, and we are so excited to be back for another episode of Savor. Today we are going to be talking about a little bit the difference between self-care and soul care. And this uh, birthed from an actual real-life conversation that we had sitting around uh, Stacy's fire pit. And so we kind of started diving deeper into this, and I'm super excited to talk about this. Um, and so I think before we get started today, though, Stacy, I think it's real important that for the purpose of this podcast, if we can kind of define uh, soul. I know there's a lot of different thoughts um, and even theologies about that. So let's just kind of put that out there of what we're talking about today when we say soul. Yeah, that's such a great way to get started because when we talk about our soul, what are we talking about? And there are a lot of different thoughts. There are a lot of different theological camps that you can sit in and still have unity in Christ on that. So this is not a deep dive into that, but we will add some resources in the show notes for you guys if that's something you're really interested in. So we're going to basically kind of do a quick flyover of what does it mean when we're talking about our soul. And so we are going to get a little technical in talking about some of the Greek and Hebrew words that the Bible uses when it's referring to soul. But then our ultimate goal is to get into the heart of what does that look like and is it biblical? So I just want you to know where we're going in that. That's really what we're going to dig deep into and then um, at the end leave you with one of those savor moments. So the word soul that we see translated in our Bible actually in the Greek translation of the Old Testament is used over 950 times in the Old Testament. That's a lot. So it's something you definitely want to take a a look at, but it gets translated as words like life or breath or soul or appetite or person. I think you were telling me, is it in the Old Testament or the New Testament? It's translated as throat. Uh, That's the next word, nephesh. Okay. Uh, which also is, um, you know, the Hebrew word that often gets translated as soul. In some parts of that, it actually translates to throat. There's a whole podcast, if you really want to geek out on these words, uh, that the Bible Project guys do. And we can even link that, I think, uh, if you want to do a word, a deep dive on, on that specific word. Yeah, Absolutely. But basically, we see it throughout the Old Testament, and even in the New Testament, we see that Greek word, I guess it's suki for soul. I don't know yeah, how you something. pronounce that. Something Just like say that. it with confidence, and everyone will agree with how you say it. There you go. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. Suki. That's, but I'm sure that's not right. But it occurs about a hundred times in the New Testament, um, and a lot of those are in the Gospels and in the book of Acts. But then when Paul's writing, he really only refers to that word about 13 different times, and he wrote primarily most of the New Testament. So I just find that interesting. Um, But pretty much the overall message we want you guys to understand for the purposes of this episode is that soul encompasses your entire life, your being, when you're talking about 
the word soul, especially in reference to how it's used in the New Testament. It is really the center of godliness and faith, obedience, love of God. All of that is wrapped up in it. There are some camps where people believe that your soul and your spirit are two separate things. And we can sit and have those great fun conversations, but that's not really the purpose of this episode. But what we're talking about when we talk about what's the difference between soul care and self-care is that your soul care is your entire being. It's your thoughts, it's your will, it's your personality, it's your life, it's all of that. So that's really what we're talking about when we're going to talk about um, is soul care supported biblically? Should we be doing that? Is there um, a mandate in scripture for us to tend to our souls, to pay attention to them? Because you and I both know our body has physical needs. We get hungry, we get thirsty, we get tired. And we're not saying don't tend to your physical needs, but we're talking today about soul care, which is tending to your entire being. Yeah, I think there's an old... Um, adage that we are taught, as at least I was, and and some of the research I've done, it actually came more from this uh, Greek mythology or or Plato or something that the idea that we're um, our soul is trapped in our body. I don't know if you ever yeah I've heard that thought about that when you yeah. were a kid and like you thought about your soul going to heaven and it was like this like almost like ghost like looking thing that would like ascend to heaven. Yes, um, but that is not really what I think. Now again. I don't know for sure, uh, but that is what I, I don't think that's the biblical idea of what a soul is. It kind of, you can't separate it out. Right. Uh, it is our entire being. So I do love the idea of soul care versus self-care. Yeah, because I'm sure the reason it came up. So let's talk about how we were sitting around the fire on Friday night, just enjoying a beautiful evening. Mm -hmm. If you guys don't do that, you need to have some friends over impromptu, literally 4.30, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Hey, you guys want to come over? We're going to throw something on the grill. And we just laughed and hung out. It was so much fun. So if you don't do that, you just need to invite someone over. And don't worry about it. You don't have to be the best cook. Your house doesn't have to be the cleanest. You can have dog hair all over the floor like I did. It's okay. But if you just really, I mean, for me, Friday night was some soul care for my heart because sitting around a fire with good friends talking about, I mean, we got in, it was funny. We had some really funny moments and we were silly, but we had some pretty serious moments. Um, yeah, remember? Stacey's husband was just asking us like, really, like, I can't even remember exactly what the question was. It was like very much soul reflection, <laughs> I yes. would say. Uh, but yeah, it was great. And so we got on this idea of self-care. I don't really know how. And we kind of toyed with the idea that uh, soul care is really what we should be thinking about. But it's kind of been hijacked by this idea of self-care. Yeah. And isn't that the world that we live in, that it takes things that are rooted in the truth and then just alters it a little bit? So if you're ever on social media, you're going to see Instagram posts and messages coming out about taking care of yourself, making sure you're paying attention to yourself and having a mental health day and a self-care day. And usually what I have found, I don't know, Suzanne, about you, but what I have found when I see those kinds of posts, it's a woman who's going to go to the spa for a day or go um, get her nails done, get her hair done. Listen, 
before you hate me and you quit listening, I'm all about going to the spa. My friend Suzanne took me to the spa a couple of years ago on a surprise Thursday or Wednesday or some day of the week, and it was amazing. Don't hear me saying don't do those things. But if you are desperately trying to heal something or trying to get rid of emotions that you're having that you don't like, going to the spa, getting your nails done, getting your hair done, buying a new outfit, those self-care ideas are not going to take care of you in the same way that the soul care is that's described in scripture. I 100% agree with that. I think that in the world that we live in, there is very much an idea of uh, just focus on self, which is in opposition to what Jesus taught us. Um, And if we are made in his image, then that's, we should focus on him. So for me, self-care is very centered on self and soul care is very centered on Christ. And, and just how to, to move forward with that. And like Stacy said, I was thinking when we were thinking about this, I was like, yeah, it's not going to just be like nails. Stacy gets her nails done like clockwork, you know, like she doesn't miss that appointment, which is Thanks great. Thanks for calling me out, Suzanne. Well, but I do not miss I that appointment. I used to do that all the time, too. I'm just too cheap now. But, you, you know, I mean, there are things that we all do. Um, in the name of caring for ourselves, and so there, and there are things that we should be doing to care for ourselves in this way, but are we elevating those ideas over Christ's ideas? So it's important then that we look at like what does the Bible say? What does Christ say about our souls? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And what do we see him doing to tend to his soul when he was walking on earth? Because we have lots of verses that talk about that. But we can see what he tells us. The answer is, it's in Matthew eleven twenty nine. He says to us, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And so that idea that Jesus is inviting us to take up his yoke, and we're going to spend some time really talking about that. And what does that mean? Because if we want to know how to have rest for our souls, because don't you think that's the point of self-care? Like, isn't that why we're chasing after self-care? Because we're unsettled about something and we just need, man, if I can just go and have some retail therapy, everything, I'll feel better. I'll clear my mind. You know what I mean? I think that's part of it. And that's what the world is telling us is to focus on our flesh and the outward things that please our eyes and please us. And Jesus is saying, no, come to me because my burden is light for you and I will give you rest for your souls because I really think soul care is about us finding rest. And the only true place that we're going to find that rest is in Christ. And so I love um, Mandy actually pulled some verses for us and just highlighted how many times over and over again we see in the Gospels where Jesus went away and tended to his soul. It says in um, Jesus taking time to care for himself. Very early in the morning, while it was still still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place. And then it says in Luke 6, 12, in these days, he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued. And then again in Matthew, when Jesus heard that John the Baptist had been beheaded, he withdrew by a boat privately to a solitary place. And it goes on and on, over and over again, talking about how Jesus would get up in the morning, how he would separate himself, how he would go 
and he would pray and he would go out as was his custom. I love that in Luke 22 verses 39 through 40. It talks about, and he came out and went as was his custom to the Mount of Olives and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and he prayed. And I just love that we see over and over again, it was the custom of Jesus to get up and to go separate himself and to pray. So I think for me personally, one of the things to help me refocus. As a matter of fact, we were just recording this episode and my husband just called. We had to stop the episode and I had to help him. He's got issues with his iPhone and come on, you guys, how many passwords do you have? Do you have to remember? It's totally frustrating. And let's, let's be honest. Stacy is his, um, what do you call that part in your phone? Your keychain. Yes. His keychain. You need to remember <laughs> all his passcodes for him. You know what my real nickname is? What? He calls me his IT asset. Oh, oh your IT asset. Nice. I, no one will ever call me an IT asset. <laughs> well, it's pretty sad that I'm the IT asset because I know very little, but we so easily get distracted and frustrated. And as soon as I had to stop the recording and I Suzanne could see the frustration, she just said, no, we're stopping and we're going to pray. And we literally, in the middle of this episode, stopped and prayed and were able to refocus and just keep going. And so that's a great example of soul care. She was helping tend to my soul and the immediate response was, hey, let's just stop. Let's pray. Let's refocus and let's keep recording. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I love just this idea. And you talked about rest. And I think soul care is really about rest and renewal. Yes. Rest and renewal. When we think about the things that we go to do for self-care, again, we all do these things. And we're not saying self-care in and of itself is bad. I love to go get a pedicure or whatever that thing is. That's not bad. But are you also tending to your soul? And um, I think also it's important to say as we aim for rest and renewal, what is the intent of our heart when we go to practice this, quote, self-care? Like you said, it's oftentimes when we start to feel really overwhelmed or really stressed, um, anxiety-ridden. Those are the times where like, oh, I really need some self-care or you're here, the promotion of self-care ideas in those moments. And I think that that is important to check when you're wanting this self-care. What is the intent of my heart? Am I really just craving a tub of ice cream? Like, you know, hey, some people say that's self-care and eating chocolate cake or whatever it is. Am I really craving that because I have a craving for ice cream? Or am I really craving some kind of contentment, some kind of comfort, some kind of peace? Because if that's what the true root of that craving is, then the ice cream is not going to satisfy that. Um, And that's where we need to think about a soul care more versus this idea of self-care. That's such a great point. I totally agree with that, that it's really, we're not trying to pick out. So when you're listening to this episode, we don't want you to think, okay, they said I can get a pedicure, but I can't eat ice cream. I can do this, but I can't do that. That's not what we're saying. It's the motivation behind that craving or that desire to have something tended to. Um, But God tells us in his word that he will satisfy us. He will give us the desires of our heart when we seek his kingdom, and he will bring satisfaction to us. We can only fully be satisfied in God alone. And I think that's hard for us to understand because I know personally there are areas of my life where I still have a deep longing, where I'm waiting on God to answer something, and I 
have a tendency to fall into the lie of believing, well, he hasn't really satisfied everything in my heart because I'm still waiting on him to answer this one thing. And the truth is, that's where soul care is so important. If there's a deep longing of your heart that you've put before the Lord and it is giving you anxiety or fear or dread about the future— then I would encourage you to press in to really spending time in His Word and praying and talking to a friend about it, having a friend pray for you through that so that you can see the goodness of God and that He is going to satisfy you completely. Yeah, I I love that. And I also think, you know, sometimes I know we have a lot of moms that listen um, and this doesn't, I can hear, like, maybe it's because I know the season my sister's in and she's got these two little kids and they're beautiful, but she's constantly, you know, as young, a mom who's had young kids, I know that season can get busy and you're like, I cannot give up my pedicure time. Um, no one's asking you to give up your pedicure time, like Stacy said, but could you use that time in prayer? Could you sit there and allow them to make your feet feel comfortable while you allow Jesus to make your soul comforted? You know, those those kinds of things. And I love the fact that we see Jesus. I love the verses that Mandy put on here because if Jesus needed to take time in solitude and time to pray, then he knows that we need that, right? I mean, and when he was—think about in times of distress— you know, even looking at Jesus in um, the desert when he was tempted, at the very end of that, it says um, that the angels came and tended to mm-hmm. him. So we should anticipate that we need to tending to, right? This yeah. is, if if you're not doing this idea of soul care um, and you're not taking this time for uh, prayer and solitude and just these kinds of things that do renew and refresh you, then you probably are in great need. Yeah, Absolutely. And like me, buy into the lie that, no, I should just go do this or that. And all those other things sometimes distract me. But I, for me, I'll be honest, a soul care thing for me, and you guys are going to make fun of me, and I think I've probably said this before, but a soul care thing for me is shopping. Because when I shop, then I'm praying the whole time. Like I will shop and pray because that's just one of the things I do and I love it. So shopping and praying go hand in hand for me if I'm by myself shopping. And it's one of the ways that I do soul care and I pray for the people around me and I just enjoy that aspect of it. And so I think you can incorporate, like you were saying, getting a pedicure and letting Jesus tend to your soul while you're doing that. Yeah, I love that. So it's kind of redeeming time that you're already having some solitude by, like you said, you're by yourself. I also think, though, that it's important. Like, I know Stacy, So I know Stacy spends time in solitude with Jesus outside of shopping. Um, but, I, you know, I think it's, I was, I'm, I am trying to incorporate this idea of uh, fasting as part of a spiritual discipline in this season of my life. Specifically, we're kind of doing it a little bit as a few of us as a family and I won't tell you when or anything like that. So, and I'll always have a cheerful face uh, while I'm fasting. So, good so, job applying that verse. Yes. yes. Uh, so you'll never know. It'll be a secret. But I'm going to share this with you. This week was one of my first days that I started fasting, and I later in the afternoon, you know, as the discomfort of fasting, I was specifically fasting food this day. As that discomfort started coming in of being, you know, a little hungry. I know this may be weird to some people who don't aren't familiar with fasting or why would you do this? Maybe one day we can do a podcast on that, but there are a plethora of resources if you want to know why I would be doing this to myself. 
But um, as that discomfort started, I noticed later on, uh, about an hour or so later, I was making a plan to go out and do some shopping because I was doing stuff on the back porch and needed some little tables and it would be so cute. And I kind of rest in that for a minute. And I was like, no, that's just trying to fill the hunger that I have. And that's not the point of this fast. The point of this fast is to draw near to God and him to draw near to me and have this time together. And so I immediately, about an hour after planning to go out shopping, I was like, no, this isn't what I need. So what did I do instead? I prayed and I pressed in. I did some reading. So I think you just have to take this individually, day by day. What does this look like to you in this season or this day or this time? I love that example because it highlights that it's not about the activity. It's about the heart posture. And I think that kind of goes into, you know, we talked about that verse out of, um, where was it, Matthew or Mark, where it says, come to me. Is that in um, Matthew 11, 29 and 28? And um, how he's saying, you know, come to me if all of you who labor are heavy laden and I will give you rest. I just think this idea of being full of labor or heavy laden. I was doing some research on that. And it really is interesting to me, using both of those terms was a reference to the burdens that we bring on ourselves. Maybe we've overcommitted our schedule. Maybe we, you know, whatever reason that we're stressed out, we've overcommitted our finances, we've overcommitted for whatever. And so we bring some burdens on ourselves. But the other idea is that the heavy laden is when someone else is laying burdens upon us. So some of us have jobs, some of you ladies listening have jobs that put a burden on your heart and you feel stressed out because you're not able to meet the needs of your family, or you're not able to do the things at church that you want to do because you have a heavy laden. You have a job that puts some burdens on you. It doesn't matter where the burden comes from. That's what I love about this passage when it says um, who labor or are heavy laden, that either way, wherever the burden is coming from, take it to Jesus and take up his yoke. And I love to when I was studying about that, the idea of, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I don't use the word yolk unless I'm talking about an egg yolk. And that's not what this yolk is, but (laughs) I hear you. I mean, so when it says, um, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Okay. I know because I've studied in the old Testament that the yoke was that thing they would put around an animal's neck and they would usually put this like wooden bar around an ox's neck and they would put it on an older ox and on a younger ox and they would attach them together so that the older ox, the more experienced ox would lead the younger ox to show that ox what to do. So that's the idea of this yoke. That's why you would be yoked together. It would connect two separate animals together. But specifically when Jesus is using it, it was in reference and what the people who were hearing him say this, what they would have known and understood is that every yoke was custom fit for that animal. Mm -hmm. And so when he says, take my yoke upon you, he has got a custom fit yoke that will go from his neck to our neck to keep us in line with him, to keep 
so that he can carry that burden for us. And it's kind of like what you were saying with that analogy that I sometimes I do have time with God apart from shopping, but I do I like to, do. I do like to <laughs> shop and pray. But for me, that was okay because that was a custom fit yoke for you that day. How powerful is that? And how uh, um, insightful is that for you that you were denying yourself food that day so that you could draw closer to the heart, heart of God. You're saying, I'm going to deny myself this because God, I know what you have for me sustains me and is more powerful for me and is better for me. But then how our own urges come in because we just want to be soothed. We just want to be satisfied and we want it to be kind of a quick fix. At least I do. I don't like to wait. And I, I just want... Like, I just want to feel better. And so if the food isn't there to make me feel better, it could be the shopping or whatever. But for you, that custom built yoke that day for you was, Suzanne, follow me, follow me into my word. And the reason I love this verse too, and it says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So we have to be willing to submit to what he wants to teach us because we have to go to him and say, okay, just like you did that day, would it have been a sin for you to go shopping that day and buy furniture for your porch? No, it wouldn't have. But is your soul taken care of in a way that is totally different? When you pressed in and the Lord spoke to you that day, wouldn't you say that the lasting effect of that is much longer than how cute a new table would look on your back porch? Absolutely. And, you know, I think it just speaks again to that idea of self-focus versus Christ-focus. And so often, because we have this instant gratification need uh, in our in our world and in our flesh, is that we miss out on the goodness of God because we're trying to have that immediate gratification of our flesh. And how do we, what does that practically look like to kind of work through that? Because when, as soon as the discomfort comes, we start to draw back from what the intended goal was. That was my experience. And so through that, I just feel like God has been like, no, yes, when the discomfort comes, you're right where I need you to be. I need you to press in here because that is tending to your soul. No no shoes I buy, which I bought a very cute pair of shoes the other day. Y'all, Those- they are so cute. If you see them, you are going to want them because they're super cute. Uh, you know, those shoes or that pint of ice cream or whatever it is, is not going to teach me that. And so it's about, yes, let, learning, letting yourself fall into a space where you can learn from him. So yeah. I love that um, that part of learning. Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, wherever you are, whether you are um, working or staying at home, whether you're married or single, you know, I think, I think about my friends who are single and some of the longings of their heart that they're waiting for God to come in and fill. And they may be tempted to run in one direction or another direction just to have that like, oh, I just, you know, I want to have someone. I want to be around someone. And I think it's this idea of just trusting the Lord in that and seeking Him and pressing in is, but it requires us to take up his yoke. It requires us not to go in the direction that we want. And you guys, this is hard because the world is telling you, take care of yourself. You have got to take care of yourself because nobody else is going to be about you. Nobody else is going to take care of you and you should take care of yourself. And it's important for you to take care of yourself. And what we're saying is, yes, it is important, but the way that you take care of yourself is not through seeking out all of these self-care things that you see on Instagram 
Instagram and other social media posts about how to have a spa day or how to, you know, redecorate your house and all of those things. Yeah, I think it's um, it's the point that we are not the point. Mm. You know, we are not the point. Myself is not the point. And that's hard to swallow sometimes. And I think it's important to say, too, like if you're if, if you are stepping out into this place where you want to focus on self, soul care versus self-care and you end up by, you know, going out shopping or you end up, you know, doing something that you didn't intend to do, give yourself grace because what Stacy said is so important. This is hard and this is a practice. That's why they call these things spiritual disciplines right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally agree. I want to go back to kind of what you were saying about how we really aren't the point, because some of you are immediately going to be like, that's not true. Mm-hmm. We are we are created in the image of God, and He loves us, and He loved us so much that He sent His Son to die on the cross, and all of that is true, and He does. But we are not the point. He did not save us for us. It is for His name's sake. And I just want to kind of focus on that for a second, because it is hard for us to believe that we're not the point, because— Everything in the world tells us that we are, but I just want to read. It's one um, passage of Scripture that I'm sure everyone is well acquainted with, but I want to read it to you guys because I think it's so important, and it's Psalm 23. And so I know you guys do this. You've read it. You know it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness, and get this part, for His name's sake. Why does He restore my soul? Why does He take care of me? For His name's sake. Because He's doing this to show that He is God, because He is holy and He is worthy of our worship. And so it's hard for us to realize we really aren't the point. God is the point, <laughs> and He demonstrates that through Jesus. And But the truth is, if we will go to Jesus and we will say we are heavy laden, we are burdened, we are overwhelmed in his tender mercy and his loving care, he will grab our hand and he will put that custom fit yoke around our neck and he will pair it right next to him and he will show us the way. He will lead us. He will teach us. He will instruct us. Yes. And that's the point. Yeah. He's the point. So I, I love that. I do feel like the need to just kind of throw this out there um, about specifically, we kind of talked about mental health uh, for a minute, and mental health is extremely important. In no way would we ever say you don't need to um, take care of your mental health. You know, it's been, it's interesting because I was talking with someone about this recently and how some churches in the past have been like, if if you just need the Holy Spirit and then you don't need to take that medicine, you don't need to go to counseling. And I strongly disagree with that. I strongly disagree with that I as think well. we have the common grace of things like counseling and doctors and medications. And those things are not what we're talking about in this podcast. So I just wanted to throw that little disclaimer in there because you never know um, who may have heard that when we didn't intend that for that to be at all what we were saying. 
Yeah, I'm glad that you made that point. And, um, you know, I've joked. I'm like, Suzanne, you want to give me counseling for a gift for Christmas? Like, yeah. seriously, that's what I, that's, if you want to know what I want for Christmas, I want five counseling sessions. Personally, I think everybody <laughs> should be in counseling. Yeah, yeah. I do, too. Uh, and, but I think, you know, this is a whole side note, and this yeah. is all for free. But uh, <laughs> Christian counseling, I think if you can find a solid Christian counselor, to help you because we none of us have this figured out all the time. We all have seasons where we're struggling and where we're being challenged. And so being able to talk to someone who is emotionally removed from the situation can be very helpful. And so whether that's a professional counselor or someone that knows you and is walking in step with the Lord and can kind of step on the outside and say, are you thinking about this rightly? Those are ways that you can tend to your soul. I was going to say, that's a perfect perfect example of soul care. I mean, soul care, again, is about rest and renewal. So that is maybe a practical thing. You know, we talked about um, prayer. We talked about, you know, going to God and those things. But other practical things, what does soul care look like practically? Yeah, that's a good question. And like you said, and I think the spiritual disciplines like we talked about, um, I think worship is a big soul care for me. And so if I ever really feel overwhelmed, I put on worship music and I just listen because sometimes I'm so overwhelmed by a situation that all I can do is listen to the worship music. But usually if I press in long enough, then I begin stepping in agreement with the worship songs and praying that or singing that worship song. So for me, another soul care is really worship songs. And then another one for me is exercise. Um, when I run, which I haven't in about five weeks, but if I um, am really desperate to hear from the Lord and I'm not hearing in other areas, uh, I will put on some headphones, put on some worship music, and I will put on my tennis shoes and I will go for a run and the Lord has never disappointed me in that. He speaks to me every single time. And sometimes it's been very powerful and profound ways. I love that because um, that's a very individualized kind of yoke for you. If you ever, any of you ever see me running, please stop and help me because I'm probably in trouble or being chased or something. But I love that. Some practical things that I was thinking of. Um, I love that my daughter, I love journaling, but my daughter is religious about getting up in the morning and journaling. And it that really helps her soul. Um, it really helps her process things and her thoughts. And so I think journaling can be soul care. I think going to get your feet done while you have worship music playing and by your feet done, I mean a pedicure. That sounded weird. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know what else that would mean, but I don't know. It sounded weird when it came out. But, you know, again, incorporating things that you can, um, you know, worship, fellowship, I think it can be such, like you said, Friday night, but we don't often think about fellowship as soul care because we're thinking self-care means I'm only about myself right now. But fellowship is a huge thing for me. I think that is key, what you just said about the idea of self-care versus soul care, because when we think about self-care, it's very individualistic, mm -hmm. um, but that is not how God created us. He created us to be in community with other people, and sometimes... I mean, Friday night tended to my soul in ways that had not been tended to in a month or so, you know, because it was just an impromptu, let's get together, and there were laughs, and it was just wonderful, and I think that's so important. And if all I had been focusing on was self-care, that is very individual and just about me and 
all about me. Yeah. And I think about that book. Is it called Sacred Pathways? Yeah. Where it kind of talks about how you best connect with God. So for me too, like I love nature. I tend to connect with God in nature. And like if I ask Paul what tended to him, it might be fishing, you know, out fishing. Or for me, you know, taking a walk with God, walking out in nature. So I think there's a lot of things. um, And I think specifically, you've got to kind of figure out what what kind of time with Jesus tends to your soul. Yeah. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it is Jesus being the center focus and allowing him to be in control. That's why we go back to Matthew eleven twenty nine, where he says, if you're heavy laden and you're weary, come to him and take up his yoke because his burden is light and he will give us rest for our souls. Because it is like Suzanne's been saying, this idea of rest and renewal. And it's out of that rest that we are renewed to stay on mission for him and to keep doing the things that we have to do here. You know, whether that's going to our job, or whether that's tending to our children or whether that's volunteering somewhere at some organization, we only can do that from a place of being renewed in Christ. I agree. And I think before we kind of get to our savor moment, it would be a miss of us not to uh, say this in this podcast is that I believe you know, I don't believe, I know, God knew that we needed this. That's why we see the idea of Sabbath. You know, I think Sabbath has been a little bit hijacked too to mean other things, maybe evolving to self-care. But um, we won't get into all of Sabbath today on this particular podcast, but um, God knows we need rest and we live in this time of productivity and that's where we draw worth from, but that's not at all the design that I think God had for us, which is why he created Sabbath. Um, So I love that you can look at that and see that he wanted this for you. Yeah, he does. Absolutely. And I think that's beautiful. So that kind of leads us into our savor moment. And based on everything that we've been talking about, our savor moment is going to have some creativity in it today. So I think, you know, we typically in the past have given you one thing to read or to do. But for our savor moment today, we want to just encourage you, ask God first, what area of your soul may need some rest? Like what what area are you really feeling discontent in? Or if it's just an overall feeling of discontentment or where's anxiety for you? And then say, okay, I want you to teach me, Jesus. I want to follow you. And just ask him those questions. And then as he's speaking to you, just jot down some ideas. And then we want you to either try having friends over and having an evening where you have some good conversation. And we'll just tell you, one of the questions I think we asked Friday night was, what's that thing that can take your eyes off of God? Mm. And every single one of us went around and shared what we could get lost in. Um, And mine was selfishness. I'll just tell you, that was mine, you know, but that's a great conversation to have around a fire pit on a cool fall evening and just really kind of talk that through. So that's part of this. So maybe you want to do that, or maybe you want to go get a pedicure and put on worship music the whole time you're getting your pedicure done. Um, What are some that you can think of, thinking of, um, I always feel like I'm going to say her name wrong, but Sarah Camille, the art that we had at Entrusted. I think of her because what a tending to her soul probably when she paints those paintings, when she spends time with God. So some of you, not me, are very, very creative. And so even like 
painting on a canvas and, and writing or whatever. Sometimes writing for me is very therapeutic and that's God speaks to me through that. So I think those are some ideas for the creative side of you. Yeah. So we want you to really kind of get alone with God first in prayer, just like we see Jesus doing over and over again, and then write down some things He speaks to you. And then we've given you some ideas to go and to experience that soul care. But we want you to keep in mind, remember, it's for um, a time of renewal, and it is not done always in isolation and by yourself, but with other people. So we'd love to hear some of the ways that you do soul care. So take pictures if you're sitting around a fire pit or you're getting a pedicure or you're painting a picture or you're listening to worship music. We'd love for you to take those pictures and tag us on social media and um, you can just do hashtag soul care. Yeah. Or always message us privately if you ever have any questions about anything that we said or you want us to go deeper on a topic. Um, we would love to hear from you guys and encourages our hearts to keep keep doing this, I think. Um, but anyway, we just love you so much and we thank you for being with us today and we hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you for being with us today here at Savor. This podcast is a ministry of Cross Sound Church. For information about SOAR Women's Ministry or Cross Sound Church, please visit crosstownchurch.com or download the Cross Sound app. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please remember to like, subscribe, or leave a review. This helps people find us.